0: I'm Maddie.
1: And I am Ryan. And what is this place? And
0: this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we review every adaptation of the X-Men. That's right. As they trudge deeper and deeper into the darkness. This is... And we are watching X and Evolution's final season right before they get suddenly canceled. And I think we know why. This
1: episode.
0: Back (laughs) when we...
1: Before we even started recording I go to Maddie I go this episode has no jokes
0: No jokes and every single politic that could of the possibly
1: time. exist is here I'm, it's, I wouldn't even say it's just at the time because they're doing like Rosa Parks level shit in this and I was like
0: <laughs> Yeah yeah they're doing like every politic of the past and the future <laughs> yeah. here Yeah I mean, it's it's I don't know. I felt sad watching it.
1: I did, too. I'm not I'm going to go ahead and say that we're saying there's a lot happening, but it's not. A bad thing. It actually. No, no,
0: no. It's a great episode. I think I will end up giving it a five. I guess I'll see. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, let's just spoil
1: everybody (laughs) now. I messaged Maddie in the Mutant Ages Slack chat and I was like, I always do this where I give a blow by blow of what I watch and she doesn't really read it because she's going to go watch it herself. Uh, Yeah,
0: because I don't want to spoil myself and then I sort of like read it later. But I mean, I sort of skimmed it and I was kind of like, oh, well, I mean, we knew going in. Um, that this was going to be the episode where Evan slash Spike returns right. to the show and we find out what he's been doing with the Morlocks this whole time. And we knew he was going to come back and be a fucking badass yeah. standing up for his mutant rights, etc. cetera. And so we did kind of know going in that that piece of it would be part of the story, right? you know? Right. So like, that's going to be political no matter what, but I didn't know how much darker (laughs) everything else in the world was going to get. But it makes sense, though. Like, I feel like it's deserved. It's good. It's really good. I I guess we have to do it previously on the X-Men because we got to explain who Evan is and how much his life has changed. Right. So this is
1: important because Evan has... Had a lot of resistance From Xavier And even Auroro To a certain degree Yeah
0: His aunt And
1: that's important to note Because it all comes back Into this Because Xavier Throughout this episode Keeps on being like Spike's terrible Leave him in the sewers <laughs>
0: honestly like i tried to adopt spike and he was totally ungrateful to like me trying to help him admittedly i did put him in jail for like a night just to make him see his place in the world and realize that i'm the best and storm's like i don't know if that was a i guess that's part
1: of the previously on <laughs> all right previously on the x-men yes. we're like off the rails this morning already. it's fine
0: This episode is really sad. So we have to bring some energy to the table here because it's like not going to be here. So,
1: okay. Previously on the X-Men, I say for a third time now, Evan is a character who was brought in season one. He was created specifically for X-Men Evolution to be the nephew of Storm because they couldn't have two black characters that weren't related to each other.
0: Yeah. And also they decided for frankly no reason to not have Storm be a teenager herself and just be this character.
1: Yeah. He's kind of a stand-in in terms of What he's doing, and I would argue, originally I said they were setting this up to have Aurora fight Callisto for her place as leader of the Warlocks, but after watching this episode, I feel like that even was going to go in the direction of Evan. Like, I don't even think Storm Mm -hmm. was going to have that role on the show, I think Evan was just going to do it. Because they yeah. wanted a relatable teenager. I don't know why they couldn't have just had them both be teenagers, but whatever. So, or,
0: or just again, I'm like, why not have Storm be the teen girl who's questioning Xavier? Because she lived on the streets and was a thief or whatever, and like have that be her backstory. She
1: also is a character in the comics who oftentimes questions Xavier.
0: Yeah, I feel like that would have made perfect sense for her, and she still could have potentially met the Morlocks. Even I don't know, like there's a way to write it. But I, I feel like part of what's interesting about Evan, and I'm glad he exists. I just think he's a cool character. Is he is a character who becomes a Morlock because he stops being able to pass as human right so that's a big part of what his backstory is as well Is so he can shoot spikes out of his body and and Logan calls him porcupine basically he can right. sort of
1: he's a male version of Marrow, basically
0: yeah kind of yeah and and although I don't think Marrow starts lighting stuff on fire she
1: doesn't but her body looks like what his does eventually.
0: Right. Well, he also gets fire powers as of this episode, which is very cool.
1: Okay. Also, when they first were advertising X Men Evolution as a series before the first episode ever dropped. They showed the concept character lineup of all the characters, and the version of Evan that they had on that looked like how he does in this episode. So mm-hmm.
0: so they knew they were going to do this the whole time, which
1: is cool. Or they were going to have him be like that initially, and then scrapped it to do this particular storyline, which I think was the right call. I think this is a better story.
0: It is. Cool. And so we we didn't get to see this version of Evan where he like is fully armored and it's like armor. He can't take off basically until this episode, but we're starting to see it in some of the episodes leading up to this, where he starts having like this sort of, spine like a sort of dinosaur spine where he's got this carapace over his back and he can't get rid of it and it used to be that he was able to sort of like reabsorb his armor back into his body if he thought about it really hard yeah um but then eventually he couldn't anymore and that is part of why he meets the morlocks or they kind of recruit him but the other reason is because he enters this skateboarding competition I mean, that episode was wild, where he, like, ends up getting tricked into drinking this poisonous soda that was designed... This soda is fine for humans to drink, doesn't affect them at all, but a mutant drinks it, their powers go wild, kill a bunch of people by accident, and then they, like, die if they're further gone. But here's the thing, in that
1: episode, that... That business owner did not know That's what was happening to mutants He didn't have right. any idea but then once When he did but then
0: when he found out He was like sick I'm gonna sell this to The military and yeah. he was like immediately On board basically which is like Terrible, you know, like he already hated mutants anyway. Um, so that was all interesting backstory for Spike. And it was how he met the Morlocks who were getting targeted by this soda that was like coursing through the tunnels and attacking them um, in as sewage, basically. And so the the Morlocks were breaking into the soda factory. And trying to destroy it. Xavier was against all of this because Xavier was like, I don't know. It seems a little extreme to me. Like uh, He was also
1: like living in a mansion while these people are in the sewers living in shit. And
0: doesn't give a sh- shit about them. And Xavier still, quite frankly, doesn't care about these people at all.
1: Honestly, this episode really helped Xavier shine in how shitty he was. I just feel like it's yeah. crazy that he... Picks and chooses who gets to come to his institute, which oh, Evan brings oh, up in this episode. It is like wild that he actually goes there.
0: This episode is very damning of Xavier in a lot of key ways. And Xavier's barely in it. And yet it is very damning. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's only a couple of key scenes where he kind of gets to voice what he thinks. And they're very telling. But mostly Evan gets his chance to shine, which is so cool. And it's part of why it's so sad that the show gets canceled.
1: I think it's so cool, too. And I really like and this is also part of his backstory is that Evan had a lot of pushback at school because he's like, he was, yes. he was a black mutant. So, those are two things. And I, yeah, it was very obvious that he was written to be queer, also on top of those two things, because of the whole Pietro nonsense. Yeah. He doesn't have a love interest on the show. The closest he gets he is like whatever's he's going Pietro, on. Yeah, it's frankly. Pietro. And so, he's like a black queer mutant who is getting pushed around at school. So, he joins like kind of a skate club of punks. He, he ends up with us in high school and just skips school all the time.
0: Yeah. And he skips school a lot. I mean, he is literally us, you know? Like, I mean, except for the fact that he's also a black kid who moves to this rich, white suburb where frankly, Xavier is not supporting him. And like, for better or worse, Aurora isn't supporting him either.
1: No, she isn't. And Xavier, throughout both seasons that he was living at the X-Mansion, he only gave Evan a hard time from the get-go. It was like almost a little racist. I
0: would say it is. I mean, I don't know if this was intentional writing or what. I don't
1: think so, but I, I I Think it's just like Xavier's that terrible that He doesn't realize <laughs>
0: remember like When when he was trying to get
1: Evan expelled from The institute by manipulating Storm and her in yes. her moment Of emotional tragedy To like get rid of yes
0: him. where Storm was being like taken advantage Of by like her past Essentially like that was kind of A weird racist episode but it was also like The interesting part was that basically Any chance he had Xavier would Be like let's get rid of Evan like literally Literally, right. that was his first solution to every problem. Was like, this kid's too much trouble for me. And it's like, have you considered that Evan is dealing with a level of stress that all the other kids you manage aren't dealing with, like on any level?
1: There are so many conversations in the show where Evan would be talking to the other ex students and they'd be trying to like calm him down and tell him what to do. Yeah. And every time he'd be like, you do not know what it's like to be me and he keeps saying that he's yeah. like he's like i'm black i'm queer i'm immune. i can't even pass as human
0: yes which is uh, becomes a literal like they basically make the metaphor literal on this as evan storyline goes on which i think is really clever and i mean i feel like a more like anvil version of this show would be like do you get it? He's the only <laughs> black kid. And also he can't pass. And it's like, yeah, okay, we get it. But it's, it's a little more subtle than that. And I like that for this I, I storyline like for him.
1: Because also the other character that he was constantly talking to was nightcrawler who was always like, yep. Evan, you've got to try harder. And Evan's like, you are literally hiding behind an image inducer. Like, you do not even get to tell me. Yeah,
0: Nightcrawler also is the character who I feel like has the most um, metaphorical trans storyline, where he's like, he's given this magical piece of technology that makes him look the way he wants to look or makes him able to pass and like evan is basically like i can't pass like nothing i do and also evan is like i'm not willing to wear that like i'm not willing to do what you're doing
1: well right because he's already he's already a black kid he's already grown up being like ostracized for his skin color and it's like he's already like i don't need to like i already have pride in who i am i'm not hiding it where kurt is having like an existential crisis the entire time
0: yeah which is interesting too i mean i really like that they navigate the way that these different characters deal with the idea of being closeted and coming out and like who right. they are for
1: the record maddie maddie and i have been <laughs>
0: closeted in and out no, no 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 i
1: was gonna say maddie and i have been on evan's side since the beginning of this show every oh, politic that absolutely. evan has fought back on we've been like 100 percent. no evan's correct and mm-hmm. Xavier and these other kids are not. Yeah,
0: but it's also like it makes sense that the teenagers are questioning it. You know, like I'm sympathetic to them. I'm not sympathetic to Xavier because that guy's a grown ass man. And he's like, I don't know. Try staying in the closet more.
1: Remember season two where he kept being like, honestly, we need to like not come out because I'm not ready to do that yet. And <laughs> Scott was like, but we all want to come out of the closet. And Xavier's like, no, no. I think it would just be really hard on me, so I don't want to come out. We can't come yep. out because I'm not ready to come out. That was I like know. his whole thing. Which, by the way, is legit for older men that are gay and have been in the closet for a long time. That does happen.
0: I know, and it's it's tough too because I feel like Xavier is the older character who is like, I'm just trying to protect you. And even that is a position that a lot of like older, especially like a rich white gay man... Would take. I mean, I get I understand it intellectually, which is part of why this show is so interesting. And in this episode, Xavier kind of gets to, quote unquote, prove he was right because the protesters come to his house and it's like now he can't go anywhere ever again because everyone wants to kill him. You know, it's like that is true. Like the worst thing does happen. But. You can't avoid it, you know, like you may as well just face the music at some point because you're trying to take care of a bunch of queer kids, you know, like, are you really going to stand up for them or are you just going to hide in your mansion all the time? And he, he
1: chooses to hide in his mansion with all his guns. He
0: absolutely does. And Evan does it because Evan is like, that's not even an option I have. So by the end of the soda episode that we were talking about, Evan decides to abandon The X mansion and live with the Morlocks from that point forward, which is which like I think he's still just like maybe 17 like he is not. 18 i think by this point he's definitely 18 like his puberty is is come and gone for evan he is muscular he is an adult legally at this point
1: you know it's funny i was about to be like legally you can like leave and go on your own at 17 but then i was like oh wait but with queer kids we just got kicked out so right
0: and but it's sort of interesting because Xavier doesn't give a fuck he's like yeah whatever and storm goes after him and is like please evan like please come back to the mansion and evan is basically just like No, like I don't belong there and I belong with these other people, even though they are living on the street, eating garbage every day. This is where I prefer to be, which
1: says a lot about Xavier, honestly, it
0: says a lot about Xavier. And it also is a story that a lot of queer kids can sadly relate to where it's like sometimes there are family members who support you on some level but are like, okay, come home. You just have to stay in the closet while you're there. Yes,
1: and also I think there's a parallel here that runs with Lance on this show. Even though he's white, he also is somebody who is not privileged at all, doesn't have any money, and eventually... Doesn't
0: have parents. I mean, he is essentially a kid who... I mean, again, it's like he's a white kid, but he's sort of like white trash, if you will. Like he is abandoned by everyone.
1: If remember in his second episode, he was like, yeah, my parents found out I was a mutant and just tried to beat the shit out of me instead. Yeah. And so now I'm just living here. And so Mystique takes him in. Yep. You know, I know Mystique was kind of terrible towards them, but at least she's I mean, she was like a queer woman who was working through her own shit and like took it out on them, mm-hmm. but at least gave them a place to live.
0: I feel like that is also a pretty common story, though. Where it's like, this isn't an ideal parent for me, but it's like, it's who I have. So I'm going to put up with this.
1: Right. And then Lance tries to go to the Institute because he, I mean, there's his whole arc on the show has been like, I'm a bad boy, but also sometimes like, I don't want to hurt people kind of thing. That's his energy. Yeah. And so yeah. he he tries to anything the X mention and goes through a similar story that Evan did where Xavier was like. This boy is just too out of control Which by the way he wasn't It was all the other New Mutants Creating a problem but they got to stay
0: Yeah who those are the kids that have Been living in the mansion the whole time And they're like the kids who Are privileged and aren't even aware of it You know like they're naive And yeah which is also common Like all of these are such common teenage Experiences and it's like Lance is the Poor kid who's assumed to be A piece of shit so he is Right He's sort of put into a box And then at that point He's like I guess I may as well Be a piece of shit Because everyone keeps Telling me I am one Which I think you and I Can absolutely relate to In school and like Well we've
1: related more To the brotherhood on this show Than any other character So, Where
0: it's like If you're sort of treated Like that by teachers Or whatever Then eventually you're like Fuck it I don't care then I don't I'm not getting any respect So I guess I'm not respectable Like I guess I don't deserve it
1: (laughs) I always come back To that story in high school Where like the principal And the adult's kept on being like, ryan's trying to lead a satanic cult in the planetarium
0: and you were like i guess i am i guess i am leading a satanic cult yeah <laughs> eventually it was just like
1: then suddenly we were all seeing ghosts after they implemented this idea in our heads yeah very manipulative on the principal's part now that i think about I it i mean
0: unintentionally perhaps not as much of a senator kelly move on this show but honestly who knows Who knows? i mean
1: i don't know our high school experience was not a good one so it's not like we can look back on that and be like well you know yeah they just were like ill informed. i was like no that It was just this is how it was in the late 90s early 2000s people were just terrible
0: yeah pretty much and like i i don't know so anyway that was a very long previously on the x-men but that takes us to the episode that we start at which is we're operating in real time on this show we're like many many days and weeks have gone by you know apocalypse is here now with these fucking domes everywhere and evan has been living in the sewers with the morlocks this whole time you know passing puberty growing up etc so there's there's
1: a couple things here that cold open on this episode We're we're watching a news report about the Apocalypse Dome and mm-hmm. we have a version of Leech who is living with his single mom. Yeah. in this house and he's watching the news and he's watching this thing about mutants and people saying that mutants are bad and evil. And his mom comes over, turns off the TV and says, I don't want you watching those reports, Dorian. Mm-hmm. News like that always gets you upset. And she leaves and Leech turns the TV back on as any child would do.
0: Right. I feel like it's this is a interesting series of shots that I really liked, by the way, where like at first we see Leech from behind and he just looks like a regular redheaded white boy. Yeah. But then when his mom comes in to turn off the TV, we finally get the camera shot of his face and it's like green and scaly and we're like, oh, he's a mutant. And it, it, it's just an interesting reveal where it's but like... What's
1: interesting about this episode is that his mom obviously knows but is in such denial about it
0: god this is like the mom who knows her kid is queer and just keeps him in the closet and it's so well
1: because she wants to keep him safe because she loves him but like doesn't want him to be queer but also like doesn't want her him to leave you know these
0: parts were so heartbreaking to me
1: this is a very moira metagic situation by the way
0: it is but God, i it's, like, gonna make me cry even to think about it because... Oh,
1: I cried watching this episode. I'll fully admit that.
0: I just... I don't know the scene at the end where she's like yelling at Spike okay, well
1: we, we can get there I
0: know I'm just saying like this episode has some seriously sad and real moments that remind me of like my life you know what I mean like yeah,
1: I said that to you in Slack I was like just be prepared and I was like I, I think the final thing I sent you is like I'm like anyway I cried a bunch good luck <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel like this show Like the Mutant Ages the show Is like literally you and me working through Our trauma like every week You know what
1: I mean oh 100% I like I go into therapy and I'm like you know I don't know if I would have landed in therapy Had I not started the Mutant Ages four years Ago and started just like unleashing My experiences on the listeners I know like in
0: that way I'm like I'm sorry but like strap In because (laughs) that's this whole Fucking episode
1: I think everybody's Gonna find something to relate to regardless list if you're queer or not because there's a lot of marginalization happening in this and it's Absolutely. pulling from actual politics both at that time and historically which is why this episode is so good and honestly if I were to send somebody to understand what the X-Men was as a concept of all the shows out there I would probably send them to this episode as a primer this
0: is a great episode and it's almost standalone it's really good it's really good I love it I'm obsessed with it anyway so then we go and we're
1: watching the news watch
0: more of the newscast and i loved this little easter egg by the way with
1: the one with cannonball
0: yeah
1: oh i love it
0: i love it because it's it's truly like if you know you know yeah it's so subtle so anyway um this one's for the comic book fans out there in the audience wait there's comic book fans i hope not (laughs) nerds oh my god Anyway, the newscaster is like uh, for a local response, Frank Lee's gone to the Bayville Mines to talk to a young man with firsthand mutant experience. And then we just see a teenage boy in the mines who's working there um, and he's like yeah I had a few run-ins With mutants in high school Why does the Bayville have mines by the way I don't, I don't know <laughs> Bay Bayville is, is like the biggest city in the universe <laughs> I feel like Bayville is the entire state of New York like, Yeah
1: because remember when they like left The city just the outskirts they were in And like
0: somehow it's still in Bayville It's like what? what is this They're so, like
1: we're in Bayville but now we're in Mount Everest In Bayville
0: Yeah and it's like also includes upstate New York Where there's like you know <laughs> farms and stuff
1: I love it whenever Todd tries to figure out Where the fuck this imaginary is City is
0: bless Todd for Continuing to try to figure it out Like you and I have given up on it Anyway there's mines in Bayville So this guy this teenager says all I can say is they do whatever they want whenever they want. So somebody's got to shut them down, or we're all in trouble. And I just was like, "Wow, fuck you, dude! Yeah, <laughs> fuck this
1: kid." We watched that episode of X Men: The Animated Series yes. where Cannonball saved his dad from the mines, which is what happens, and then people protested. That was also a pretty dark episode.
0: It was. It was, and it reminded me of that. And like that is Cannonball's backstory on this show, as far as we know, even though it's not confirmed here.
1: I kind of wonder if they were going to play on that a little bit more
0: i think they probably were because i think they were gonna have sam be somebody who worked in these mines saved everybody from a mining accident and showed off his mutant powers in the process and then this kid was like
1: fuck mutants
0: yeah taking a negative lesson from that or was jealous or we don't know what happened i just i like it i like that we don't know
1: i do too and that's really interesting but now we're gonna go into the next thing which i think is it's like we're not even like 20 seconds in. We've had one scene where we had this mom in denial about her mutant child who has been posed yep. as, at first, to uh, somebody who looks normal and then isn't. And then yep. clearly having issues. Then it goes to this whole thing about the news report and how mutants are evil. And now we go to like a diner in which we are literally watching that uh morlock who looks like yoshi come out of the sewer he uses his powers to unlock the diner's garbage and he just starts eating actual garbage and i was like yes this is the saddest shit ever and then to make it worse a car pulls into the alleyway. Some guys get out and they scream, there's a mutant, and immediately try to run him over. That is the scene. Yes. This is like a children's show. May I remind you?
0: Okay, wait. I, I want to just back up slightly. So they give us a long close up on the lock on the dumpster, which this is like a political thing that people talk about now. Like the extent of completely fresh, good food that is thrown away Oh yeah, in American society and locked up. And not given to people who are starving. And like that was wild to me that they do like a long close-up on the lock. Oh my god. And the only reason why Yoshi, I I can't remember his name, I wrote it down later.
1: <laughs> his name's Yoshi now. His
0: name's Yoshi. Um the only reason why Yoshi can open the lock is because he has X-ray vision, that's his power, and he uses that to crack the lock. Because he can, like, see inside of it and knows what the combination is. But, like, that, the fact that that's included and, like, really lingered on, I was like, damn, they are showing kids that it's fucked up how much food we throw away as a society. Oh, yeah. You know?
1: 100%. And it also reminds me of, and I'm not going to name drop where I worked because I feel like that breaks contractual obligations but i worked, I worked
0: retail you know we know how much food gets thrown away Way
1: back in the day i worked in retail management for like seven years and one of the places was a chocolate store they created we created i say they but it was actually me taking the fresh fruit and everything and creating these like desserts that were like strawberries and stuff like that and At the end of the day, anything that wasn't sold would have to be thrown into the dumpster.
0: Yep. And you would take it home, even though you didn't like it most of the time.
1: Well, everyone did. But they would also have like a ton of fresh fruit that was still good. But since it was past the days that it came in. Yeah. They would also be like, we have to throw this away. Right. But it would be like fresh fruit that they would then throw into a little trash compactor outside. Yeah. So nobody else could eat it. Which is yeah. so fucked up I know
0: it's disgusting and that happens Every single day and legally you're not Allowed to give it away like you can't Give it well, away I mean that is a
1: really fucked up part of our society oh
0: absolutely and and this Is an episode that like within Minutes is is Immediately pointing in that and being like Isn't that fucked up
1: we are 30 minutes Into this episode right now this is gonna Be a long one guys and
0: we're like maybe Two minutes into the actual I know, episode I know
1: so anyway so he's about To get run over for trying to Eat garbage which is the saddest Shit garbage that he wasn't even Allowed to have yes
0: by the way Yeah so he he is like the lowest Of the low in society like we're beyond Marginalization here like he's living Like beyond the margins and these People are like let's fucking murder This guy
1: I mean like that's I'm not even Kidding like they try To kill him I this is Like I have to Continue to be like this is a children's show we're watching And it is Dark. I,
0: I would say it's not. I would say this episode is not. Like it is no longer for kids. Well, that's
1: why. That is why it failed. And I. I this whole season, it really. I mean, the the whole show has been very dark. But <clears throat> even episode one of season four involved Rogue and Kurt trying to navigate their trauma of their abusive mother, and then Rogue kills her. Like that is yeah craziness right
0: (laughs) yeah i but i i I just feel like it's worth noting like okay so we did watch an x-men tas episode where like um one of the morlocks was getting lynched in the street and it was like presented as a hate crime but like in this episode evan uses the phrase hate crime like literally he says that as a line which i was impressed by frankly and like also this episode lingers on those shots so much longer Than TAS did like it's so much Longer I just want to emphasize to the listeners Who aren't necessarily like taking the time to rewatch Or watch along with us like This is like it's clear that he's gonna Die like it's not like oh it just Kind of it's like wacky hijinks music is Played like no this is going to Be a murder and they're really Showing you that
1: they show a Shot of his of Yoshi's face where his Eyes are like watering and like He's like breathing heavy There's
0: like five men with baseball all well, bats that are going to beat him to death Like standing over him in this alley But also
1: like they're gonna run him over with the car yes. But thankfully, thankfully Spike shows up I and mean, it's the first time We see him really in his new Full form
0: He is like fully grown Gorgeous armor all over him And he looks like right. a fucking badass And he's like standing
1: He looks like a gargoyles character
0: Yeah he's Goliath and he throws A flaming sword basically Of Spike's and it's like I, Now we're shocked We're like wait He can set his spikes On fire too And so he's like Throwing down these Raining like spears Was this the first time On
1: the show That they introduced The idea about The secondary mutation Yes That was happening In the comic books At that time
0: Yeah This is absolutely The first time I, I don't think We've seen okay. it
1: before um, I don't think We've seen it either
0: So so he's raining down Fiery spikes from the sky And I only wrote That his line was Fuck off you pieces of shit But I'm sure he has An actual <laughs> line that isn't bad.
1: No I mean because well first it cuts the Opening and because we're like whoa who's That guy we know who that is and then It comes back and he's being Batman now and he hops down yeah he he doesn't have A line or at least I don't remember having One I
0: I think he says leave me alone Leave him alone I think he at least says that
1: I think he does and he jumps off the roof Because he has like cat powers now And lands in front of them And it's just like this montage of Spike Beating the shit out of these Guys like it is that's it And eventually they retreat Oh, here's, here's the guy's name. His name is Lucid. That's the name of Yoshi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, I was just getting food and spike says i know lucid it wasn't your fault let's get out of here which is really sad which
0: is so sad because it's like lucid trying to explain himself to evan to be like i didn't start the fight with these guys and evan is like dude you don't have to tell me that like i know that you didn't start this fight also i just like watched this happen yeah but it's so sad that like lucid's first reaction is from a place of trauma and like assuming he won't be believed even with someone who he is safe with I don't know it just says so much you know what I mean like it's like it does God. it
1: does oh my Oof. God and then it smash cuts to all the Morlocks standing around like this slab in the sewers with a pile of actual garbage and they're just like they're in the garbage. Shoveling in it as fast as they could possibly eat Because it's clear they haven't eaten in days
0: And they're starving to death And so they're eating like I mean it's diner food So there's fries and stuff Yeah but it's
1: like garbage also And it's like really sad And it's really sad to watch
0: But they're like celebrating Because of course this is the best they can do And like this is a great haul for them And so then Spike is like Sort of sulking in the corner And like kind of recovering emotionally And Callista walks up to him And she's like Hey I heard what happened out there And Spike is like They had it coming and she's like, "You're making the topsiders angry, and it's hard enough out there without that." And Spike kind of interrupts her, and he's like, "They're already angry. I'm just stopping them from taking it out on us." And she's like, "Well, you're very brave, and everybody knows that. But and some of the Morlocks are even going to follow you. But what chance are they going to have if you lead us into an actual battle?" And then we see, like, a shot of um, the little girl who I think is named, like, Torpid or something like that.
1: I don't know. She's the one that can paralyze people by touching them. Yeah.
0: And I think only her hands have that power, incidentally, because we we see people hugging her in this episode. So I was like, oh, interesting. Like, they're sort of clarifying that it's just her hands. Um, But anyway, she's getting, like, fries, French fries, and she's so happy. And we just kind of, like, see this little shot of her, and it's sort of tragic
1: it's this tragic shot where she's holding like dirty muddy fries and she's like look what i have yeah. and it's like Ugh. really fucking sad and like
0: again she's like i don't know nine if that yeah so then evan is like we're living in the sewers we're eating from food from the garbage and we're still being hunted like as though we're powerful or something like clearly we are yeah. not and he's like tell me callisto what chance have they got if i don't And he means, like, doesn't leave them into battle. Like, basically, he's like, we're fucked otherwise. And then he kind of angrily walks away. And Callisto, like, doesn't have a comeback for that. You know? Like, she's kind of, like... She doesn't. Interesting. And then the little girl runs up to, like, show off her fries to Callisto. And Callisto, like, pats her on the head consolingly. And... I wrote down like this little girl has already Murdered people so I think she's probably Fine like like, honestly like Callisto like why are you not Letting her go into battle like I
1: mean I think Callisto's thinking about Well
0: she's lost her childhood already which is Sort of interesting like the last time we saw this Little girl she was fucking killing People because she had to she Was but
1: also it's important to remember that Callisto at the beginning of this Conversation refers to the people on top As the topsiders which in translation could be Like the straight people are angry with us or the people that hate the queers or the trans community. Yeah. Like they they are looking for a reason to hurt us, basically. And if we do anything at all, we're gonna get hurt. And I think Callisto knows that she can take care of herself because it's Callisto, but Callisto is in fact, a better leader than fucking Charles Xavier. Uh-huh. And is like, I want to make sure that these people don't die. Where Xavier's like, I'm going to make sure I have guns aimed at their bedrooms.
0: Mm-hmm. And if anybody here seems like a target to me, they're out. You yeah, know?
1: yeah, where Callisto is like, I'll take these people in. So there's something very motherly about Callisto. Yeah. Even though Callisto is also a huge fucking badass and like butch as fuck. I love her.
0: And I mean she she has her own personal arc in this episode, you know? Like she this does. episode sits in a lot considering that it's 23 minutes, it does. you know? It does. So she has her own arc. But anyway, we're gonna go over to the fucking X Mansion now. Um
1: so I mean I wrote it as cut to cause they go from this little girl holding garbage tries And it cuts to Xavier's rich mansion yep. Where the worst thing that's going on In Xavier's life he's like Hank tell me more about apocalypse's domes and it's like whoa and okay so this is plot B by the way and plot B on the show has always been something silly like Kurt and Kitty getting the not on this show plot B in this is gonna be like watching China accidentally nuke their own entire nation is a thing that we're about to see happen I know I was not ready I was not prepared to go from that scene to watching like a nation die it was like what the hell but we're
0: not there yet so Xavier rolls in to Hank's little like control room area with like all of his computers with like every reddit thread i
1: like how hank's got his own office now it's great
0: yeah it is great so xavier's like hey how's the new dome coming along (laughs) and hank is like well for one thing it's not a dome these are spheres and the pyramids are completely encased in like a sphere that goes all the way underground. And Xavier's like, okay, so we can't tunnel under these. And Beast is like, yeah, we had to know it wasn't going to be that easy. And as we've seen, any energy directed at these is multiplied and repulsed violently. And then we get like sort of a little flashback to the time when Magneto died, which by the way was shown on previously on the X-Men, where Magneto like fucking died, just BT dubs. Um, This
1: show is like...
0: (laughs) And Xavier's like, so what's up with these pyramids? specifically and beast is like from what i've learned they both date back to 3000 bc roughly the same time as apocalypse's rule in ancient egypt and Xavier's like, so what's up with that? And Beast is like, we as scientists have a special term for that called, I don't know. That is the closest we get to a joke in this entire episode, I think.
1: I think so too, but at least it's a good one. It
0: is pretty funny. Um, And then Beast is like, I expect we'll learn the hard way. In any case, we've got bigger problems right now. And then he like sort of shows on his view screen, like all these tanks surrounding the dome that has suddenly appeared in China. Right. And Xavier's like, yeah, the military built up around the dome in China. And Beast is like, an attack on that dome would have catastrophic consequences, And the media backlash and this is like this is the part that Xavier cares about is that he is like the media backlash won't be favorable to mutants. And it's like, um, also (laughs) millions of people would die. Also,
1: like, I feel like it wouldn't just be towards mutants. I think people would have a negative reaction to China.
0: Yeah, like Xavier doesn't even mention that he's like, well, that would be really bad. For mutants. And I'm like, dude, like <laughs> really? There's like a bigger
1: picture here. It's
0: wild. Okay,
1: hold on. Now we're gonna cut to we're gonna cut to cannibal. I just
0: I just think that scene is very telling about Xavier, that's all. But yeah, we're gonna yeah. There,
1: I mean there's other scenes that are very telling too. I know. Um so but first we're gonna cut to Cannibal and Magma, leaving school or like the town library.
0: Leaving the yeah the town library because it's like after school and it's getting oh, right. dark, which right. is important. They're walking home alone in the dark with their books, which oh god. These poor kids. Oof. This is... Okay, so... (laughs) Every scene is so sad. Every scene is sad. I don't...
1: I... Okay. So, (laughs) here we are with Cannonball and Magma, which is kind of interesting considering we had that reference to Cannonball in the mines earlier. Yeah,
0: and that's not referred to here, but it's like it just so happens to be Cannonball. But, like, the thing that
1: that Magma and Cannonball are concerned about is that this report they're doing... Is during the period of time yes. where teachers were like, you have to go. The use-
0: Zoomers who listen to this show do not know this, but when this is, this took me back to like times when the teachers yeah, were really like, you're not too. allowed to research on the internet because you can't trust anything you read on the internet. <laughs> Which uh, yeah, at the time really was funny. true. Like there were no, there was no Wikipedia yet. There were no regulated like spaces or whatever. It was like you need to go to the library and buy actual books. And Cannonball is like, I can't believe we aren't allowed to use the internet. This sucks.
1: Yeah, I know. It was it really transported me back I know, in time. Also, it was so funny. This is the worst thing that they have to worry about. Like they're just trying to do homework, and what happens is that Cannonball drops his book because it's Cannonball. And He's not very coordinated, and he like rockets forward yeah. and hits a wall. And it's like a brick wall And some accidentally, bricks
0: Accidentally like trying To catch the book As it's falling He just accidentally yeah. Sets off his powers
1: Yeah and some bricks Fall out of the wall And Amara makes the comment She's like oh real nice Sam There goes your allowance For at least one month
0: Yeah because of course She's imagining They're gonna go home And tell Xavier Immediately what happened And Xavier's gonna be like We need to pay To replace the, the Fucking bricks On the <laughs> yeah, wall <I> know, there And <laughs> this storefront and You know who shows up though Fucking Duncan Fucking
1: Jean Gray's Ex-boyfriend Duncan shows up He shows up in his his like little convertible with a bunch of other jocks and he's like hey i saw that you damaged public property on purpose and cannonball looks terrified sam guthrie does not look really he looks really scared he's like i'm i'm gonna pay for it and duncan's like yeah with our fists in your face but then magma's fucking awesome here because she's already gone and live the lesbian life on that one episode and she's like she's free and she's holding like a ball of fire she's like hey What did she say? She's like, she
0: says accidents happen. And what if I were to accidentally drop this entire fireball onto your car and blow it the fuck up?
1: I loved it so much. It's so good. But then. Spike comes because he's Batman now, yes. and he shoots out the tires. And Batman and Cannibal are like, "Whoa, oh, what is happening?" Is, and they're like, "Is that is that Spike?" Yeah, and he jumps down,
0: and he's like, "Sam and Amara, go home, like get out of here." Right, and, then, and Amara's like, "But," and Evan's like, "Go, trust me, you don't want to stay here." Right,
1: like let me deal with this shit. Yeah, and then and then Spike makes a comment that's actually very very dark, where he turns to Duncan. and he goes. Threatening little girls you're lucky I'm just Damaging your car which read to me as almost like Duncan you're kind of like a little Rapey here like (laughs) I mean uh, I saw it
0: I saw it as also Like tragic because I'm like Evan you're a child too I mean Like you only just turned 18 you Know what I mean like it's sad
1: I feel like Evan unfortunately is one of Those people who at this point has been Forced to grow up real fucking fast And now he's an adult And like he was forced Into this lifestyle and He's obviously mad about it. You know, it's not like he's happy. He is
0: mad about it. And like, at first I was also kind of mad because I was like, dude, Magna can take care of herself. Like, don't worry about her. But then I thought about it and I was like, can she? Because she's still in training. She can barely control her powers. No, I
1: I think Magma could have taken care of herself, but I don't... It's
0: good that Evan's here because he is way more trained at this point. But
1: also, I feel like he, Evan popped in because he was like, if you... I think what Evan saw here is like, if this went wrong and magma attack them evan probably looked at this and be like okay so you're like the other black girl here yes so xavier will like target you blame you and get rid of you like that's sort of the vibe i was getting from evan in this scene yeah
0: i i don't know i i had sort of mixed feelings about it but then in the end i was glad that evan stood up for her in that way and like kind of was protective of her in a certain way i don't know anyway so duncan is like do you really think you're going to get away with messing up my ride? And Evan goes, well, I guess the question is, what are you going to do about it? And then he like pops a pose and is like so fucking badass and like all the jocks kind of look at him and they're like, yeah, we're completely fucked right now. Like there's four of us and one of him, but look at the one of him that we're facing off against. And also
1: like also this block of a cell phone is on the ground. I guess Duncan Duncan had
0: dropped his phone
1: and Spike tosses it to him and he's like, go ahead, make the call. Tell everyone that Babel mutants Are off limits from hate crimes as of right now And then he does like this crazy twirl Into the sewers and like goes away I
0: love it I love it Before
1: blowing up Duncan's car anyway Yeah he blows
0: (laughs) up Duncan's car And then Duncan is like calling 911 and he's like Get me the police I know, I know. I was an asshole and I completely asked for my car to be destroyed, but it, it's not my fault. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, like, the, the way he poses it probably is like, I was attacked on the streets by a mutant. That's probably what he said.
0: Yeah, as opposed to, I saw a mutant and attacked him. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. okay, whatever. I mean, at the end of this episode, the spoiler, the cops do take the mutant side, which was mind-blowing to me.
0: I didn't believe that. That's actually the part of the episode that I was like, That would not happen, Mm -hmm. but I feel like they had the entire episode be so dark that they were like, we can't end it with all the mutants getting arrested (laughs) because like, where (laughs) do we go from here? Like the show can't continue. So, so
1: anyway, this is that hate crime line that you were talking about that you loved because he actually called it that, which is great.
0: I love that he says that like, that is great to me. Oh, I love
1: it. And when Duncan calls the police, the next scene is the police circling around Xavier's House yes and Xavier
0: and Protesters right or no that's That's not yet no, not no,
1: yet the, the protesters are Not yet right now it's just cops circling Xavier's House
0: right now Xavier's in cerebro Looking for Evan right and he's plugged In and he's not like listening to the conversation
1: Yeah because because Cannonball and Magma Are there and they're defending him they're I like uh, I don't think Spike did the wrong thing Yeah
0: and Storm and Logan are there by the way And Storm is basically like freaking out like Where is my nephew yeah Understandably and Sam is like you guys shouldn't be mad at him and Amara's like yeah he stepped in to protect us you can't tell me that's wrong right and Aurora's like Evan's intentions were good Amara but that boy has always ignored the consequences of his actions
1: I don't know Aurora I think you could try more and be like your nephew at this point
0: No, she's like not herself and whatever and so Logan then has like kind of a funny line here where he's like when did the porcupine start shooting flaming arrows i mean did i miss an upgrade notice or something <laughs> is like "Logan's pretty great i love him in this episode just as an aside
1: this whole scene is very much old gaze versus the new gaze, where the the young gaze oh, are yeah. like
0: and like storm and logan are kind of caught in the middle here yeah of and xavier and the young kids
1: right and xavier's like no we have to hide and comply with society mm-hmm. and maybe we'll get rights someday. And the, the young kids are like, or we could fight back and get our rights. Because we're
0: already getting killed on the streets right now. So, like, what are you saying? That we're not supposed to defend ourselves? Yeah. And Rara and Logan are kind of both torn, which is interesting to see. They're
1: like, uh, I mean, Logan throughout this episode sort of has a mini arc where he... Is finding himself siding more with the kids than Xavier Which I thought was really interesting
0: I thought it was really interesting too I I mean everybody gets a mini arc in this episode Which is like so skillfully done I
1: don't know how they flawlessly wrote this episode Because we're describing a lot of scenes
0: It's literally like every single line is so carefully done Is the true answer to that It's like
1: Who is this writer? Now we have to look it up Hold on I
0: mean we really do because like (laughs) Compliments to whoever wrote this one Because I thought they did a great job I mean it's like there's no time wasted. Okay, so the writers were um, Bob Forward, Greg Johnson, and Boyd Kirkland.
1: Oh yeah, those are those are all repeating names on this show.
0: Well, they're good.
1: <laughs> Wait, okay, what's the difference? This this is this is actually interesting because this episode has a story by greg johnson boyd kirkland and craig kyle but a teleplay by bob forward so i don't really know what the difference is in production
0: i'm gonna guess it means that bob forward wrote the episode itself and like these other guys were in the writer's room or whatever you know what i mean like kind of helping come up with the story beats but i don't know
1: boyd kirkland though is somebody we've heard on this show before though
0: um, yeah like, It's so, not the first time He's come up So I'm looking at uh, The other episodes That Bob Forward Had written And they're all episodes We really like Just as an aside um, Like he wrote Rogue Recruit Speed and Spike Wait who are, you ta-
1: who are you talking about? Bob
0: Forward Who wrote the the teleplay Okay
1: yeah Yeah He wrote
0: the stuff of heroes He wrote Mindbender
1: Ooh okay So Boyd Kirkland This is why I know him He wrote all All of, like the Batman the animated stuff With Paul Dini
0: Ooh that makes sense too And then
1: And then he was The director of the second Season of Avengers earth's mightiest heroes which was the better season of the two of them
0: anyway let's keep going because we have roughly like 60 more minutes to get there oh my
1: god wait hold on craig kyle though is the the writer of thor ragnarok
0: oh wait what
1: yeah and he also worked for wolverine and the x-men craig kyle craig paul kyle yeah wow on wikipedia and it is him because it crosses no you're the right with X-Men you're
0: Wow, that's so and cool. And he was an
1: executive producer on the other two Thor movies, and then they let him write the third movie. Huh. Which is the one you really like, right? Yeah. The third one? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's awesome.
1: Okay. Sorry. We can <laughs> that's like that was like a full five minutes so I was being like, what's on Wikipedia? <laughs> well, I will
0: I will leave in the parts that are relevant. Okay, so okay. um anyway, so Storm and Wolverine are kind of standing around like not sure what to do. And um Xavier is basically like Evan's powers have developed in ways that none of us expected. And then via Cerebro, he's figured out where Evan is. He's in the sewers beneath Lithia and Ashland streets for the Todds among you who want to try to Google where the fuck Bayville is. And Aurora's like, okay, I'll find him. And just immediately turns to leave the room and is like already halfway out the door when Xavier's like, hold on a second. Somebody else should go.
1: Okay, this is this is so manipulative I on know. Xavier's part. I was so mad. I'm like, no, Xavier, you should let Storm go. But he had two thoughts here. Yeah. His only thoughts were Storm's going to go and get Evan to come back or she's going to join it. Evan and I don't want either of those things to Happen Mm -hmm. that was his thing and since Again Aurora starts Freaking out she's having like an emotional breakdown over Evan
0: yeah and she's like I should have gone Way before this like you kept talking Me out of going is basically the subtext Here and she's like stop Telling me not to go like this is And
1: he takes again her state of mind that is now weaker than typically so and takes advantage of it
0: and like talks over her and he says evan made his own choices you know that and i'm like xavier this is a child like he left you when he was a kid and you are blaming him for that
1: oh i know and aurora says but he is part of my family and xavier does that thing he did in that other episode where he was trying to get rid of evan he
0: literally says storm he's still a rebellious teenager and i was like Fuck you dude like
1: he follows it with and for that reason a family member may not be the best choice right now and so so he turns to logan and he's like i think logan should do it which makes no sense however it's just xavier manipulating this situation because he's like if i send logan he's not gonna really do anything
0: and logan is like less emotionally involved basically and like and
1: also like he knows that logan's just gonna tell evan to stay out there and do what he's doing so like which
0: is interesting is xavier's basically like i don't want this kid to come back so like i'm gonna send logan who won't help the situation but he doesn't say that (laughs) he's just kind of like yeah logan why don't you go i mean
1: i would i would actually argue that logan does help the situation by validating Evan.
0: That's correct. You know, which I don't know. I mean, maybe Xavier. Okay, if we were being really charitable, we could say Xavier knew that Storm would actually like try to convince Evan to come back and might have succeeded. But Logan is basically like stay out there and like. Yeah, but
1: like I, I also feel like Xavier does not give a shit about this because he gets a call from Beast. He's like, I can't deal with this shit anymore because I have to go look at the domes on the TV. Goodbye. So. I don't- I know.
0: No, I mean, but Logan's lines are interesting here because he's like, maybe it slipped your notice, Chuck, but I ain't exactly the model of restraint myself. And Xavier's like, yeah, that's why I think it'll be nice for Evan to hear from you. And Logan's like, OK, I'll try to sweet talk the kid into not smacking down creeps and thugs who deserve it. But you'll be lucky if I don't end up joining him myself. Is that what he says? Yes. Yeah, that's oh what he my says. God.
1: That's amazing. I didn't even really re- write and that Xavier down. And Xavier is
0: like distracted because he's like, OK, I'm going to go like talk to Beast about the domes more. Bye, everybody. And it's like, oh. Okay. I,
1: like that. I mean, Xavier's been ignoring everything up to this point. Because remember that episode where they're like, how's the kids doing? He's like, oh, right. I have students here. It was <laughs> like,
0: uh... I mean, to be fair, this next scene is terrifying okay like Like, this is the scene this is the scene we were talking about where like the chinese military has like surrounded this dome with tanks and they're like okay we're going to evacuate everybody in the province here um so that we can drop some bombs on this dome
1: they're going to drop nukes it's not a bomb well they
0: don't specify that it's nuclear weapons but like it doesn't really matter because that's going to be the effect of what happens because anything that you drop on the dome is like multiplied in power by a billion and they drop bombs on it and like Hank is just watching this happen because there's nothing they can do to stop it really and like then as soon as the explosion happens it like levels everything for miles right and they don't say that people die i mean they do specifically say like they evacuated the province but like my interpretation of it is like that wasn't enough
1: yes i feel like what happens is they're watching this and they see that they're dropping the bombs and then everything goes to static because it blew up all the cameras Yep. and so beast has to check reports and he's like yeah everybody who was there is dead is dead like everyone who was there actively died and he does make a line about how It wiped out a further province than they had expected.
0: He says everything else is leveled for miles. The dome is still there.
1: Yes, yes. and So it's
0: like, even if people did survive, they don't have homes to go back to, you know? It
1: was really fucked up because it's like... This wasn't, like, a mutant thing. <laughs> like,
0: Which is funny because later the newscaster is like, this was a mutant-related incident. And well, I was like, what it, fuck I mean, you, dude. No, it isn't. Like, I mean, I feel sorry for the humans who did this because, of course, they were just trying to destroy the dome out of fear.
1: Yeah, but, like, a, a bunch of people in China just died because of this decision to drop something on the dome. And, like, I don't remember... No, like, Xavier kept on being, like, oh, something was catastrophic like, will happen if they do that, but didn't, like, yeah. try to reach out or use his mind to, like, stop any of it.
0: That's actually a really good point. Like, Xavier could have actually used his mind to stop this from happening. I feel like
1: I don't understand Xavier on this show anymore, and it's, like...
0: Yeah, really it's...
1: I mean, a good portrayal of him, honestly, because there's I, every single time we try to be charitable towards Xavier and be like, well, maybe he'll be better on this movie or this show, he's still... A selfish asshole Yeah And I know there's Some listeners of ours Who do enjoy Xavier And that's fine It's like I don't think there's Anything wrong with that
0: I mean it's like It's worth noting He is written very differently From comic to comic And it's like It truly depends On context
1: I would I I would actually argue That he's pretty much The same (laughs) Across the board Except There's differences That are That happen When people like Patrick Stewart Right Plays him And you're like Well Patrick Stewart Is like so charismatic And he's yeah. like You know Or Or James McAvoy Another great example Who is like Oh this guy's like Really sexy and charismatic But
0: I, I feel like James McAvoy plays him As such a flawed character though And that's what makes him So fascinating well, in sure, the sure I
1: agree with that But it's also hard And there's points in that Where he is just an asshole <laughs> But it's also James McAvoy And you're like Oh but you're still kind of hot So Yeah Yeah Anyway But that is That is That is thing Anyway, so now we're going to cut over to Trask because as if all this wasn't enough, a quarter into this episode.
0: Yeah, we're going to reintroduce Trask.
1: Yeah, Nick Fury comes over and he's like, he's pissed off. He's like, I've been ordered to set you free to reinstate your sentinel program To go against those domes and I Fucking hate that I'm doing this yeah. And I have mutants that are friends And I have to now enlist your help And I want to kill myself like that's <laughs> That is Nick Fury's <laughs> general tone Right now it kind
0: now. of is yeah like It's it's like a two second scene which again I'm like damn this episode is achieving So much in so little time like,
1: Now we're going to introduce the sentinels again which Are going to hunt down mutants yep. just Cause yeah and then Logan is sent To the suitors because he knows them very well from crew for saber and men there's a quick shot of Callisto and Caliban uh-huh. looking up and I love that Callisto turns to Caliban and Caliban doesn't say anything yes. and she just goes I sense him yeah too. Caliban I sense him too and she tells this other mutant facade, facade yeah to go spy on him
0: mm-hmm. so facade can like camouflage so kind of like kitty he can like disappear into walls but instead of kitty's powers where she's like still well, he
1: camouflages into the walls and they can like move he's doing the whole <laughs> legend of zelda between worlds thing where he just yeah. becomes flat against the wall and just like walks along it yeah that's it's, his thing
0: it's cool and he can like chameleon himself into the wall so like you can't see him so he sneaks up on logan but logan sniffs him immediately and like pops his claws like as facade is emerging from the wall. And he's like, let's keep things peaceful. Gecko boy. I just want to talk. And then Evan shows up like out of a nearby manhole or whatever. Yeah.
1: Okay. I love this entire conversation. It is great. So good. Yeah. It's so good.
0: Yeah. So Evan is like, what's up with you? I kind of expected my aunt and Logan's like, yeah, but she just want to hug you since you're a big boy. Now you get me and evan's like what's the problem as if i have to ask and like i wrote down like the voice actor sounds so much more adult it's here so and like good. he sounds like almost tired i don't know i really like the performance this voice actor needs to get paid more money <laughs> anyway yeah um so then logan's like let's just say your actions lately have charles deeply concerned and he uses scare quotes I yeah it. i loved it so
1: much i was like logan clearly think this is all bullshit at this point i
0: mean and Evan picks up on that and he goes, I got one question for you, Logan. Do you think what I'm doing is wrong? And Logan kind of like averts eye contact and he's like, he sighs, well, by the way, Bob, I'll be honest with you in your place at your age, I'd be doing exactly the same thing and evan's like so why'd you come here and logan's like because i'm not in your place i'm part of the big picture now there's trouble brewing all over the world and people are way too tense which i, I, I like how he
1: does I what i was like, like shit
0: is getting a little too real for yours truly was like <laughs>
1: uh people are not drinking enough alcohol and chilling <laughs> the fuck out <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs>
0: and Evan is like, we have a right to walk down the street or go into a store. And Logan's like, I know you do. And Evan's like, Logan, the mutants down here don't get to live in a mansion. They have yeah, no somebody defense. somebody finally
1: fucking says yeah, it.
0: They need a guardian, and that's me. And then he just leaves, and Logan doesn't interrupt him or, like, have anything he can say. Because he... What, what would you fucking say to that?
1: I don't. And I also really enjoyed that line, which... I was so smart that they let a black man actually say the line of, like, we have the right to walk down the street or go into a store. Yes, and also,
0: some people don't get to live in a mansion. Like, hello? Hello? No, I know. And,
1: like, obviously, like, uh, those of us in the queer community have experienced situations where we have not been allowed to do things because we're... Queer and have been denied service, which we're going to see later on. Mm-hmm. But, this but is, like
0: black queer people oh, yeah. absolutely faced it more, especially in this time period, but still to this day. Like it's still yeah. such a huge issue.
1: Oh, such a good character. I fucking love Evan on this show. Yeah, Spike I, is
0: the best. And like this next scene, oh, love it. This scene is
1: heartbreaking and also incredible at the same time.
0: True of every scene in this entire episode. There's so many things that are
1: about to happen to this scene. So <laughs> Evan now. Takes this thing he just said And he walks into a grocery store To yes. get groceries Or like some kind of convenience store Yeah And everybody is like All the people in there are whispering Some of them look terrified Some look angry But they're like Oh my god What the fuck is that thing yeah. Why is it shopping in here Yeah Leach is here with his mother Yes And he's like he's starting to freak out and he's having a headache and she's like oh no you're having another headache and so this is where we start getting the notion that this kid is like not just sick Yep. so leash then says there's going to be trouble which is almost a little psychic but i think it's just him being like uh i don't know what's gonna happen and spike brings his basket of food to the register and the cashier this is again why i'm glad they let a black man do this and not like try to put this on a white person because i feel like it would the allegory would not work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would because I mean, I, there's been absolutely times where our queers have dealt with this. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I feel like it's. I mean, I I agree with you that like Evan is also presented as a queer character as well. Like, I feel like it is this idea of a character who can't isn't isn't allowed to exist in normal society, and like that's what's being shown, right?
1: And like he's and he's just shopping. Yeah, and the cashier goes, "You trying to prove a point, mutant?" And Spike goes, "No, are you?" And cashier goes. I'm exercising my right to refuse service to people I don't like. And Spike's like, why? And cash, the cashier goes, because you're bothering my customers, which is so fucked up. Yeah. And I, I know that you may be listening to this and the younger audience may be like, well, I can't believe that he would deny making money. And I'm like, you don't understand what it was like. I mean, we, were, we did not live through the time period where... There would be literal stores that would Say no colors allowed Yeah
0: and also like we you and I Did live through the time period where people were like I'm going to refuse service to gay people Like that oh my god yeah absolutely But it was like as gay marriage was Legalized there were like you know cake shops Famously refusing to make cakes for gay Weddings I mean that's like still a thing you Know like and like whether or not that's Legal like whether or not you're even allowed To learn about queerness At school or like mention it At all like those are all things that are on Ongoing. Oh
1: yeah, I know. It's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. So then the customers are looking freaked out and angry in response to this, and Spike just throws all the groceries on the ground. Yeah. And an actual Karen is there. <laughs> and as as Evan is leaving, he's like, he's leaving the store. Yes. And Karen just grabs Leech. Like he just she just grabs this child that's with his mother and screams. Take this freak with you too, and like throws him on the ground. And Dorian's mom is like freaking out. She's like, "Don't touch my kid. He's not a mutant. He's just sick. Leave him alone." And the woman's like, "You're a fucking liar. Look at him. He's obviously a mutant. We can see what he is." Yeah. And so, do you know what people do? They try to kill him. Yeah. That is what happens with this child. I mean, the leech tries to get away, and so he like crawls into like a shelf, and they're like, "Let's just throw the shelf down on top of him." And I was like. Holy shit. And obviously Spike catches it.
0: Yeah, like the mob mentality like kicks in so suddenly and it's so scary. And like, I feel like we have seen this in real life, you know?
1: Like that, like, like Leech is like in the shelf... Crying his mom's like Sobbing and
0: like Like, this kid is going to Die because three like huge burly Men suddenly are like get this kid the Fuck out of here and like that Karen's Like
1: yeah look at him yeah
0: and Evan Rushes in to save this kid from this falling Shelf that's gonna like crush him And then he like shoots a bunch of spikes at a nearby Wall because the mob is like Crowding around and like they can't get to the front door Of the store anymore and so he like Creates a hole in the wall he picks up the Kid and at first I was scared that he was Gonna run away with the kid but instead he hands the Kid to the mom and is like, You two get out of here, which I loved for him.
1: I did too. And he kicks out the wall, and the Leech's mom turns around. And she screams, The voice acting was really good here. Yeah. Where she screamed, You people are all monsters. And yeah. she ran out.
0: I loved it. I loved it. And I, Evan, then. The crowd sort of sees Evan and again, like sort of quiets down because they're scared of him. And he yeah. walks through the crowd and then he goes and picks up the basket of food that he had knocked on the ground angrily before, like just kind of quietly picks it up and then leaves a bunch of money on the counter, which frankly, he didn't have to do.
1: No, I was like, but it's it, I, I, I was bad that he did it. I'm like, no, he's making a point. He's yeah, he's making, making a, a point.
0: And it's like, what can you do? do it's like he did everything right here like he saved this kid's life from this fucking mob of people right i don't know it's
1: i know it's this scene was like crazy dark i, I see that as if the other previous now, 10 scenes were not I also know. incredibly dark it's like
0: hundreds of thousands of people died in the previous scene and it's like yeah <laughs> which we're about to follow up on because yes. now
1: we're doing a news report about the dome yeah and it's just multiple people it's
0: man on the street interviews it's 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 this is this is the kind of reporting that I actually do think is harmful and like we still do it. We
1: don't do it as much as we used to, but it is also I mean,
0: we still do because like people are like, well, let's just see what the average person thinks about COVID-19 and it's like six people who are like, I don't think it's real and it's like why did we do these interviews? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I don't know. This is I wish we had just done that interview that you sent me yesterday oh my uh, not God. interview that news report you sent Maddie sent me a news report yesterday from Twitter that was ah! just some guy like morosely walking around Boston <laughs> Being, being like, like
0: February is the worst month of the year, and I hate my life. <laughs> I retweeted it. I I love that interview so much. Okay,
1: anyway, but that's that's we need more news reports like that. Um, so this newscaster
0: is like international rescue teams are pouring onto the site of the largest mutant-related disaster the world has ever seen, and I was like immediately mad because I was like, okay, I'm glad the rescue teams are going to China. That's good. That's how it should be. But also like, is this a mutant-related disaster? Like what? The-? I mean, I guess it is, but I was really torn about it, which I think you're supposed to be.
1: Well, I think they knew they knew that a. Pod- Apocalypse is that because we know Apocalypse is a mutant because he keeps on floating out of the dome and like clapping and making people disintegrate. So
0: I know. Oh, so anyway, these man on the street interviews are kind of interesting because this is one of the more racially diverse sets of people. Like a lot of the characters we've seen as aggressors have been like burly white men at first. And now we see like a black guy, an Asian woman, like some young black kids and like some random white people. And it's like, oh, so now the propaganda is reaching every kind of person like it starts out in these much more like radical white supremacist communities but that is like realistic though you know what i mean
1: this show they just need to take this show and put it in the mcu i know it wouldn't be exact to the comic books but this is like perfect setup to get them into the mcu right now without having to change anything (laughs)
0: I know (laughs) because they would have already been there, you know, it's it's just interesting. I just liked that they did it. It's really subtle. And I'm like, if I hadn't already kind of noticed it and been looking through a critical lens, I feel like I wouldn't have noticed just the change. But it's like now even the average person is starting to think mutants are evil, too. Right.
1: And so I think that's important. And like there's some questions that's on the post, like one person asked what the government is doing to control mutants. Uh, and I, I like at mm-hmm. like the old couple on the farm that goes, "Whoa, what's a mutant? I don't know what these are. We live on a farm with no TV." You know, it's like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but even that is like that is a classic like man on the street thing where it's like. Yeah you, you're interviewing people who don't Even know what this is and it's like why? Yeah I know <laughs> and then
1: then they do That really crazy thing where the kids are like I think the Lady next door is a mutant and we should kill her And I was like Jesus
0: yeah and then the final Shot is fucking Duncan Oh yeah who's standing in front of his car which is on Fire and he's like the mutant that did This they call him Spike he lives in The sewers with a bunch of other crazed mutant Lowlifes Bayville's not safe anymore We have to stand up and defend ourselves and It's like why are we broadcasting this on national Television like Jesus Christ Christ. I don't. I
1: don't know. I don't know. I, I maybe it wasn't even national television. Maybe it was just. Bayville, New York, I don't know. Yeah.
0: but Well, it works. It works. It it incites an anti-mutant riot that starts outside of Xavier's mansion with literally just one cop standing there like, now, now, everybody. And like hundreds of people like ready to kill screaming. Okay. But
1: on the the news report, they say there's protesters outside of the Xavier mansion in which we see a shitload of people there. And then it says, and also at the Brotherhood boarding house. So now all the mutants
0: are...
1: On the same side Yeah
0: we don't get to see The brotherhood by the way We just see like The exterior of the house And it's like oh I
1: I appreciate that And the final shot Before the commercial break Is Duncan like Building guns in his house And he's like Yes I'm gonna fucking kill These mutants And it was like Jesus Which
0: I don't know I feel like this was probably going to be revealed later as to like where was he getting the money and the resources for this. Like, I don't think the show goes on long enough to tell you that. Okay, but- so
1: I had two theories on how this was going to work out, and both going towards the same direction that either one, the Friends of Humanity were going to be later introduced, and he would have been the
0: leader or recruited by them, or
1: no, recruited them, or we don't know who Duncan's parents are, and it's like watch it have been grading creed. Yeah. Watch his dad be grading creed. And his last name is Creed and that was going to be the big reveal. But I think they didn't because his name has been Duncan Matthews or whatever. Yeah. But either way, I feel like grading Creed would somehow have come in and
0: Or or I was like did Kelly win the election? Is he mayor? Is he secretly providing guns?
1: No, not yet. I think I, we don't know. We don't know. But I do think I do think this was going to lead into the Friends of Humanity in some way. Yeah, That's But I
0: I just feel like it's weird because these are kind of like super powered guns, you know? Like they're really weird. Like they're not just regular guns. Exactly. Because
1: we're supposed to believe that Duncan was smart enough to build Tony Stark level shit. I
0: don't believe it. Because earlier he's
1: like, Gene, I need you to use your psychic powers to help me cheat on tests because I'm too dumb to do them. (laughs) But like,
0: I just, I feel like they're, I feel like this was setting up a storyline that just didn't get concluded where like somebody was giving him these weird guns, you know? But, But we don't know what it was. Can we,
1: can somebody, I, I'm I'm so excited for X Men ninety seven. I think it's gonna be fantastic, but I really want a continuation of this show, as do many of our listeners. I know. And I can't believe that there's there probably is a wide enough calling for this. It will probably happen after we get like a gargoyles continuation.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I'm sure Christopher Yost is out there like Hey I'll do it like I don't know I know Right right yeah
1: anyway so So then
0: Duncan is driving around in a new car There it's him and his
1: friends screaming With the guns out the window
0: Multiple cars of them by the way so he Now has multiple friends with lots Of guns
1: this is why I was like this is Very friends of humanity at this point
0: because At this point now Duncan and his friends are killing People because they are opening every manhole cover and throwing grenades in. they have Grenades too by the way Uh, right and they're actual Grenades oh
1: yeah that's that's why I say they're Lasering off the sewer like the the Sewer lids the sewer lids the
0: manhole covers
1: Right and like they are then Throwing grenades into them and blowing Up the sewers which is incredibly Fucked up
0: and Duncan says goal He says goal when he throws the grenades in because it's like to him it is a football Game you know what I mean like for him It's like oh my god it's
1: awful it's Awful and so leech is watching this from The window and his mom sees This and screams "Dorian, please Stay away from the window someone might see You and like and franks him away yeah And And it's like shuts the literally
0: People are running through the streets Murdering mutants Like on the streets of New York And she's like That's just the life That they're living now Like that's how intense This has gotten Is just like Regularly murders are happening This
1: episode I don't know if we said it Is named Uprising Which is very appropriate So In lots of ways Like it's Uprising for all the protesters and also the Morlocks coming up out of the sewers to fight.
0: Mm-hmm. But also the uprising of the backlash from um, bigoted humans who were afraid and just murdering mutants, you know?
1: Well, that's what I meant with the protesters, too. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, at that line was intense where she's like, I'm going to hide my... Ch-. This was a very Moira McTaggart thing. She's like, "Yeah, my kid's obviously queer and I don't want anybody to see him. And I, I care about my son, but I don't want anybody to know he's gay so i'm just gonna keep him locked away in his room where nobody can find him although in moira mctaggart's case she was also experimenting on her child so yeah there's that
0: yeah this mom is more just she has her own issues so then leech says to his mom he's like but mom you said i'm not a mutant and then she kind of pauses and she's like i know but these are scary times right now people aren't thinking straight and then he starts getting another headache and she goes, and all this is just making your headaches worse. And Leech goes, but what if I am a mutant? And she hugs him and she's like, sweetie, don't even think about that. And like, this is so this fucked so dark up. Because this she knows like, on some level that he is.
1: She's denying it. Because she knows. She knows what's going to happen. It's such a hard line to walk where you're like, am I on the mother's side or not? Because she's not letting her kid be outwardly queer, But she's also terrified Of what will happen to him If
0: But it's also Physically hurting him Which I really like That they keep doing this As a theme Right Where it's like Suppressing his mutant powers Is hurting him Do you know who else That happened to? That happened to Evan Yes When he
1: was being forced To suppress things And he was screaming in pain Yeah And they were like Okay well As long as you don't show That you have spikes We're good (laughs) It was like Yeah
0: and it's like This is a return to that And I mean Leech Is a famous Morlock character From the comics Like I'm sure people Remember Leech And it's just like i don't know i i just like the idea that being in the closet causes you pain because it does and i i just they illustrate that in a in a sad way and also just the mother's lines here i don't i mean i think it's really well
1: delivered i feel like this is a incredibly difficult place to be in if you know your child especially during like the early 2000s was queer in some way and you still loved your child Mm -hmm. and you're like i don't want to lose my child from them running away and or dying so i want to I want them to hide themselves, but also like if that's the only way I don't lose my child is to lie to them all the time. It is like, And also
0: tell them to lie. And like she's seeing her child is in physical pain from this and she's still like, that's fine. Like it's.
1: Well, also part of it is that she's in denial about it. And she's just like, she's too scared to admit that he may be a mutant. Mm -hmm. So back to Duncan throwing grenades into the sewer and one lands And
0: nearly kills Evan because he's in the wrong place at the wrong time basically. All
1: the Morlocks are there like the grenade lands right next to that little girl with the paralyzing powers and she looks terrified and Callisto grabs her jumps away and Evan like kicks it away before it explodes and all the Morlocks look so scared all of a sudden they're like oh my god.
0: It's basically like the fight has come to our doors. They are
1: invading our only sacred space like this is our private space and we
0: can't have it anymore and it's already like a trash zone and it's like they have gone as far away from humans as they possibly could and humans are like no you aren't allowed to be alive actually oh
1: dude i know and then then spike evan just looks at it and then the next shot is him jumping out of the sewers and starts screaming and like spiking out the cars and they're they're shooting guns at him there's news helicopters here by the way Mm -hmm. filming all of this and all the men who are doing this is, I think it's appropriate to point this out, that they are all white. Mm-hmm. There's not a single person in here who is of color besides Evan, and they're all trying to shoot this black queer mutant, and that's what's happening. Yep. Leach is also watching a news report of this, and his headache starts getting worse, and so this is the first time we see that he's definitely a mutant, which we know because we know Leach, but he's screaming, and all the lights in the house start flickering, yep. and he runs out of the house screaming, and his mom's like, oh my god, where did my child go? Yeah. So yeah, now this is the the protesters you were we were talking about before.
0: Yeah, this is the scene we're talking about where Xavier is just looking out the window in silence while like protesters are outside screaming like outside the gates, outside of his guns on the lawn which haven't gone off yet. But like that yeah, is, I know
1: Xavier is like he's
0: in his ivory uh, tower in every uh, sense. Also,
1: also he's just like yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't come out because I'm not ready to do that yet And then eventually Scott Yeah, of all Scott characters, walks so I said. in and
0: all he says Is Evan's in trouble, that's all he says I mean, I.
1: it's kind of like that there are those moments where Cyclops does a little Pushback on Xavier in the comic books And I feel like this is kind of it where Scott runs And he's like uh, shit's really bad right now And Evan's in trouble hello Yeah he's like Evan's like, what gonna are we die
0: if we don't go out there And help him because he's literally on right. the streets Like fighting because, for because, like, his like, life
1: Xavier was just gonna let that happen So the X-copter flies over the mob And this is when people discover that they have Like military grade helicopters In their backyard Yep, and we're now In an abandoned house somewhere in New York With Evan yeah, like Spike.
0: Spike is hiding in there and Duncan and his friends walk in and this is where we see them outside their cars and they have these harnesses with like recharge packs for their guns which is like where did they They're get like this shit? like?
1: I don't know. This like Ghostbusters yeah, level I technology. I thought
0: that too. I thought that too. I they look like, like proton okay, packs. Yeah.
1: I mean, and it's pretty cool because this scene is Evan just still beating the shit out of them while they're trying to shoot him with guns and missing. Cause I mean, they're children who have not shot guns before. So yeah, it's just, but I mean,
0: thank goodness Evan doesn't die. It's like, yeah, really, right? he is fighting for his life. But what's really cool is that he winds
1: it up outside and suddenly, the, the sewer lid lifts and Callisto climbs out with a bunch of the Morlocks mm-hmm. and Evan's like, what are you doing here? And Callisto goes, you stand up for us and we'll do the same for you.
0: Yeah, which I love. I love that in the end she's like, we have to fight. And she takes like Sibell, who has like the poison powers and like Facade is there. And um, I don't think Yoshi's here. I think it's just those those four characters.
1: No, and they, they didn't bring uh, what's her name, the dragon face. Yeah. I forget her name. Scaleface. Uh, scale yeah. face? Scaleface. Scaleface. Uh, that would have been really helpful though. Um, <laughs> I know,
0: right? Yeah. But
1: I, although Scaleface is not a Morlock, he's she's a, yeah. a tunneler, I think. I don't there's like different factions of the people who live in the sewers. But it's,
0: so it's just those four characters, and then like The other the Duncan and his friends show up again and they start shooting at the Morlocks that are now just standing in the street together and Evan wraps his arms around the little girl to protect her because like I think his body is strong enough that he can just deal with these gunshots basically.
1: Yeah he's got like bone that is like armor so yeah. And so then then the ex-copter shows up, and Cyclops starts shooting down at the people with the guns.
0: Well, Duncan and his friends shoot at it first. I feel like that's worth noting. Well, yeah, and Cyclops,
1: Cyclops is trying to block the blast with his eyes, and Gene creates a protective bubble around the copter. and So they're doing these like strategic, strategic things while Logan just jumps out of the plane, which I thought was really funny.
0: I did too. Storm flies out.
1: And, and Storm also flies out. Like... I don't know. This is when, like, I feel like Aurora and Logan finally decide that Xavier is Ron and they're going to, like side with the kids yeah. because they see what's going on outside they do. and Logan just they without a thought logan jumps out of the plane to start stabbing people and storm <laughs> just comes out screaming and shooting lightning everywhere and i was I like damn it. finally i love it i love it <laughs> yeah they do a bunch of badass shit and like they all have these moments where like a morlock melts a gun the gecko dude yep. like comes up from another guy through the cement and uh, takes apart his ghostbucker pack The little girl just walks over and touches a dude. And then there's, like, one amazing shot of Callisto just on her own without superpowers, just knocking out four dudes. And I was like, I fucking love Callisto.
0: Yeah, with, like, a thousand roundhouse kicks. She's just, like, kicking everybody to death.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And And then I actually do love this scene where Jean floats over Duncan. She's like, Duncan, don't do this. And Duncan goes save it Jean my days of listening to you are over and she's just like shut up and like throws him into a wall it was like yes yeah, Jean. <laughs> it's great it's
0: also like kind of terrifying because Duncan was ready to murder her like that's just a little scary.
1: I mean, it is scary, but thankfully it's Jean Grey, and she's like, yeah, I can stop that with my mind, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Now the police are here, and they just get ready to shoot everybody. They don't really care yep. who. They're just gonna start yeah. shooting at everyone in this yeah. scene. It reminded me a lot of that episode of... Um, Externally yours With the butter dish Where like suddenly There was just like 20,000 people Like doing West Side Story
0: I don't think the police Ever showed up though But yeah it is It is like Every single character is here
1: I know They didn't They didn't No instead they had like A fucking like Zelda goddess Floating out of a swamp But anyway So there's this whole thing And Duncan's getting ready To shoot Spike And Spike's standing In the spotlight Well
0: I feel like It's worth noting That like when the police Show up All the X-Men And the Morlocks Put their hands up Including Oh they do Including Spike Like he is facing away with his hands up like ready to be arrested and is just kind of like okay i'm surrendering the duncan and his friends they don't stop they keep their guns out and they keep firing which is like well fuck
1: oh yeah it's like fucked up and so he gets ready duncan gets ready to shoot spike who's standing in like the spotlight of a lamp light there and mm-hmm. a lamp light you know what i'm talking about uh a light in the street A street light yeah a street light so <laughs> then leech walks over in front of spike and Duncan stops for a moment. He's like, there's a child there. And he goes, Whatever, it's immune. I'm going to kill him anyway. Which is yeah. so fucked up. And so he shoots at the ch- at Leech, and Spike, like, twirls around and blocks it with his bones. And Leech. This is just like the moment where I think Leech gets so scared that he's going to die that he loses complete control and he falls to the ground and he screams stop and like it's it, the way they animated it and the sound he makes is so cool and we see like all of New York City going dark mm-hmm. and I love it.
0: And it like it emits like this huge frequency where it like knocks out everybody's guns and it also removes all the mutants powers so like suddenly spike just becomes like a kid with his shirt off (laughs) like just a kid i
1: know and by the way it's a good thing that x copter i don't know who's flying it i guess beast because i don't think xavier would have expertly flown the x copter into a rooftop without that thing should have killed everybody but it didn't
0: it just like luckily flies over and lands on a (laughs) rooftop (laughs) yeah i know right
1: and so then leech's mom runs over and she's like dorian dorian what are you doing out here and leech is like it's okay mom I'm out of the closet. The headaches are gone now, which is like really fucking dark. I
0: know. And he's like, it doesn't hurt anymore. And it's like, oh God, kid. Oh my
1: God. And then there's like that quick scene where Cyclops reveals his eyes for the first time in the show. And Gene's just like, he has
0: eyes. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: like, Gene, stop. Oh my God. And Cyclops is like, that kid is somehow suppressing the energy around here, including me in powers. And Logan's got his
0: claws. He's like, fucking great. Again, Logan (laughs) is in the background like, like I'm dying right now. (laughs)
1: Like He like his his claws go back in his hands and just blood goes everywhere. And (laughs) is like in
0: the background, like literally dying because he's like, I can suddenly feel the metal inside my body and it's killing me slowly. But (laughs) I guess that's fine. So Duncan is like, let's get out of here. And he and his friends try to run away. But then the police are conveniently standing right there. And for some reason know that these are the people they need to arrest. So like, that's just convenient.
1: I mean, to be fair, they're the ones with guns and like as we've seen at least on this show there has been a little back and forth with certain I think it's like not all police and not all military but some of them have been on the mutant side. but they're kind of stuck in this weird limbo of like the politics say I need to kill you but am I gonna do that who's gonna be a good cop who's gonna be a bad cop it's kind of the vibe we're getting here at this point
0: yeah but it's that's not really the focus of this episode I mean it's just
1: no it's not it's not there's too many other things happen they didn't have time to do cop politics also (laughs) um Do you want to talk about the next line that is incredibly dark? Yeah.
0: So Leech and his mom start walking away and Evan goes after them really quickly and is like, ma'am, I'm so sorry about all this. And then he like kneels and puts his hand on Leech's shoulder and he's like, I'm just glad he wasn't hurt. And then his mom goes hurt. Thanks to you. My little boy has been exposed as a mutant. What chance does he have for a normal life now? And she's, like, shouting this at him, like, angrily. Oh, yeah. And Evan just stands up and sighs, and he's like, none. None at all. And, like...
1: Which is so sad. But also, like, a telling moment that Leech's mom absolutely knew that Leech was a mutant. And, like... Yeah. She was like, you exposed him. I was trying to hide him from that. I was trying to hide him from that hell life that he was going to have.
0: And she would have preferred that he be in pain and experience these headaches constantly. As opposed to be revealed as a mutant. So then they are walking away and then Leech like is looking back at Evan and kind of like dragging on his mom's arm. And then he like kind of smiles at Evan. Yeah. Which is nice. Like it's like they still have this moment of connection. And then as Leech is walking away, the lights around him turn back on and then his powers kick back in and all of his spikes grow back. And it's like, oh, he's like back to being armored again and like having to wear this armor that he is sort of both literal and symbolic for him. Yeah. Like, he had this brief moment of, like, vulnerability with this woman and this kid, and then she was like, fuck you. And it's, I don't know. It's I could also say
1: that Leech I find usually kind of annoying in the comics, but I thought he was really cool in this episode. Me too.
0: I, I feel like Leech is usually just presented as, like, a joke character. Like, on TIS, I feel like he, like... Had like a joke voice and stuff, and (laughs) that
1: episode was like absurd though. Yeah, because that was the Morlock Christmas episode. So, and
0: and, and this, it's like, well, first of all, they give him an actual full name like his name is dorian leach which like that's not his name ever because <laughs> <laughs> i looked it up. i know
1: and he's also got hair which is not yeah. true but it's fine i thought it was fine so
0: we also get a quick shot here of duncan and his friends actually getting like arrested and cuffed and stuff um and put into some cop cars which is yeah like, which mm, was okay. interesting
1: it, i i think I don't know yeah but also I think the show had to show kids like it's not okay to bully people and that you could get arrested if you bully yeah I mean
0: this is the part that's a little fantasy Um, and then we go see Aurora talking to Evan who's like about to descend into the sewer again and she's like Evan please you don't have to go back with them you can return to the Institute and Evan's like sorry Antio but this isn't over and he like picks up one of the guns on the ground yeah and he's like, and you guys don't need me. Not like they do.
1: Yeah. And we see the Callisto and the Morlocks crawling back into the sewers.
0: Mm-hmm. And Aurora goes, then just know I'm proud of you. That made me cry, by I the way. Know. i That's
1: why that was like the breaking point for me at the end of the episode. I was like. Uh, I was like I can't do it anymore It's
0: also interesting because Evan isn't like Oh thanks he doesn't say anything He kind of chuckles a little bit Almost like he's like yeah but I don't really need that Validation anymore which I thought was also Kind of sad Yeah, and this, The
1: final shot I hate in this by the way Which is Xavier <sighs> wheeling on over to Leech Leech's mom which she By the way he calls her Mrs. Leach and I was like, is that just actually their name? Because I like because his (laughs) name is
0: Dorian Leach and so her name is Mrs. Leach and it's like okay. I guess
1: okay. Anyway, so he's like he's like Mrs. Leach. I know that you are going through a difficult time, but there is a place where you can find help. Here's my card. The Xavier Institute will welcome Dorian when you feel okay. And feel like he's ready and also he's not Black so he can come in here and I was Jesus. Like, Also I was like why do you Why are you helping Dorian But you just watched like six mutants Crawl into the sewers and like you're like But fuck those guys like What I don't understand You know what Xavier probably saw that he had like that Mutant dampening power and he was like huh Seems like I could probably use that as a child yes. soldier. Those other kids, though, mm, like, Not really. Nah. They're, like,
0: kind of ugly. But
1: he's a resource. <laughs> I don't know. It's,
0: I feel like Xavier also is, like, really into taking children because then he can indoctrinate them for their entire lives. Whereas, like, oh, Callisto's already an adult, you know? Like, she already thinks what she thinks. I mean,
1: Callisto has already stated that she hates Charles Xavier, so we don't need to <laughs> yeah, revisit that. it's,
0: like, already in both over. shows we've
1: seen her in, she's like, yeah. He gets to live in a mansion and like Pretend to pass and like have a great Life Um so he can go fuck Himself because he's not giving us money Yeah like,
0: he super isn't And like again these are people who are Eating trash and like have one Person defending them who is a teenager Who Xavier rejected and doesn't still doesn't Really give a shit about it all
1: I mean yeah he kind of Just let of leave but he was like hey Dorian yeah You have a really cool power that could be useful To me so want to join the X mansion
0: and you're still like you Know 10 years old or whatever so like you're in innocent enough to be grateful for my help at least for now.
1: I mean, okay, so I don't know what they were going to do because they were obviously working with all the new mutant stuff but if they had ever planned to introduce some Gen X characters, Leech is in Gen X as a stu- student for a while.
0: Before going to the Morlocks or whatever? No, he was already
1: part of the, I think he was part of the Morlocks first and then went to Gen X and then went back to the Morlocks
0: Yeah, I wonder if they were like sort of debating what to do there. Like I think probably when he was a little older they were going to have him decide
1: Well, because they they already removed Jubilee from the show and they knew that they were going to bring in Emma Frost and I think the next step of that would have been Gen X characters and they clearly were setting up the new mutants to be led by Danny Moonstar so it was kind of like they were getting there but they were taking their time because that's what the show did they didn't I mean it's one of the things I admire most about this show is that they they didn't do anything to market to people that would want to be watching a quick paced happy show. They're like, no, we're gonna tell our story exactly the way we wanna tell it, with like without making changes and honestly respect, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. anyway, what do you rate this episode, Maddie? Like six out of five?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a five. Yeah, I'd give it a six if I could. This is a great episode. Yeah. I think all of it is really good. And I think people should watch it. This is one
1: of the best episodes of the show. And I I actually come into these episodes being like oh i remember this episode being one of my very 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 favorites for abcdefg but i don't think i really revisited this one as often as i revisited those other episodes like the one where the mutants are forced to come out at Bavel high and the gene gives that speech um which is another episode i think almost matches this one a little bit mm-hmm. because that's another episode we're doing like smash cuts to people that don't have the same privileges as the x mansion yeah um but this episode was really almost traumatizing to watch a little bit where I was like, wow, this is just like bringing up past traumas for me personally in my own life. And it does so much with so little time. Mm-hmm. It's a 20 minute episode that manages to dive into so many different facets of politics and marginalization over not just like, cause like this show has been like, this is what's happening to the queer community right now. This one just decided to go into like a whole range of like all different kinds of marginalization. And I'm really grateful that they told this story through the lens of a black queer kid as opposed to a white queer kid Mm -hmm. uh, and somebody who also can't even pass as human and i i thought that was really smart across the board there's not a single scene in this i do not like i feel like it's all relatable and very real as i said i think this episode is an excellent primer for somebody that wants to be introduced to the x-men as a concept and they could even utilize this episode as a way to introduce x-men into the greater mcu Mm -hmm. so that is my takeaway from this
0: yeah i totally agree i i feel like this episode despite that it is a reason why the show got canceled probably it is also one of the saddest reasons the show got canceled because it introduces so many concepts that I want to see more of and it's also one of those episodes where i'm like i am glad that they created evan for this show you know like it's it's cool he's a really cool character i really like how long and thoughtful his arc is and how many different directions it goes in And he's just a rad character. And I think this might be the last time we see him on the show up until like whatever they show in the finale, you know, but.
1: I don't think he, if I recall correctly, he's not part of the finale.
0: Yeah, that's too bad.
1: Because they couldn't figure out how to get him in there. But also like the last two episodes of the show are the worst episodes of the show. Besides (laughs) the blob episode and also the episode with Aurora's past showing up. Mm -hmm. And it's not the creator's fault of it because they got canceled
0: yeah of course it was just them quickly trying to figure out how to cram in an ending that made any fucking sense at all so
1: yeah and it's unfortunate because that happens to tv all the time it's actually even worse now i'd argue because even though we are able able to green light so many tv shows the way streaming services work they don't even give them an end date they just go nah we're done with you you don't even get to like finish or like write an ending this happened with glow it happened with cowboy bebop they're just like nah we don't want to give you any more episodes
0: yeah i feel like that's part of why so many shows now will try to have sort of standalone seasons because it's like every single show just kind of assumes they could get canceled at any time yeah i mean
1: i think sometimes they do get a little bit warning like shira was a great example of a tv show that was doing well and they had continued they had plans to continue it longer than obviously got shut down or noticed that they were not going to be able to continue in advance, and they were lucky to do that because they were able to write an ending that was enjoyable to watch, but would have been a lot better if it wasn't rushed and had time to explain like why these characters were falling in love with each other, or like why Shadow Weaver was like, actually, I do care. It doesn't. They just didn't have time to like figure it out, which is kind of what is the feeling of the end of this show? Something that happened to Young Justice too. So I don't know. I I really wish show like networks would be like you have like. At least a little bit more time than, like, an episode to wrap all your shit up. I
0: know. I I mean, I feel like it's gotten slightly better, but it really depends. And animated series are sort of different cuz it takes so long to animate something so yeah. the idea of suddenly having to end it is is much is a much more difficult prospect than it is for live action where at least in that case you can kind of be like well we can imagine some ways that this could end you know
1: Yeah exactly you know and I don't know
0: um so we
1: don't have anybody to spotlight We
0: don't and I guess we could talk about who's gay but uh, I mean well it, I okay you know what's I don't know if we can actually. I don't either. I think this is
1: like the third episode in a row where I've been like, the politics have just been too real. And like the part that's gay about it is just that all these characters are queer and also marginalized again. You know, that's, that's the takeaway. And like, there isn't like sexy scenes happening. There's nothing sexy about this episode whatsoever. There's nobody flirting with each other. We've made jokes about Logan cruising in the sewers. We've also pointed out that Evan is a queer and black, and also a mutant, and those are important pieces to this, but the whole is That's not really, like, one... a part
0: of it, though, you know? No, this, like... whole,
1: this whole episode is a huge metaphor for being in any kind of marginalized class. It's not, I mean, like, we're relating to it from a queer lens, or even a trans lens, and it's like, sure, we understand that, but we don't actually know what it's like to be that and also a person of color. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, it just does a lot, and I, I feel like we can't really necessarily have a specific which X-Men's gay this week. I think it's just metaphorically about those politics instead.
0: Yeah, I agree. I can't. I can't actually make the case for any single moment in here being like one thing or the other.
1: Yeah, I mean, like in the next episode, I guess. Well, the next episode is Gambit flirting with Rogue. So, but he is canonically bisexual on the show and the animated. We may have to get Katie in on this episode because she like knows who all those fucking characters are. In this, oh my fucking... God,
0: she can write us a little primer about it. I
1: know. I was like, who the hell is that? Like, there was a guy in a roof. She's like, oh, that's Greece. That that guy. There's Bobby. That's Fifi. And I was like, Who the hell are these people So why are they all These really ridiculous French names Yeah
0: I guess we should I mean we can go ahead and start The plugs up Uh, yeah the next episode is Cajun Spice very excited to see Some some rogue gambit shipping Happening because that sounds like it Might at least be a little bit fun Which this show in these final Episodes this
1: episode is that Episode is really really fun and I feel like you can't do anything with Gambit and have it not be fun even when It's like a serious episode which they will do with Gambit I and mean he's we still have like, seen
0: Gambit like you know hiking through the Himalayas and like still cracking wise because like everybody's gonna die but Gambit's like I, I'm i tired of this like it, it, we've still <laughs> seen that many times on the show and that has still been like some of our favorite moments by
1: the way we since we're talking about Gambit I just want to bring up for historical purposes on this show, that this is the week that Channing Tatum threw a little hissy fit about... Oh,
0: my God! The fact
1: that he didn't get to play Gambit. I'm just like, I'm kind of glad because I did not want to see that movie. I don't think he (laughs) would have been very good. And, like, his his description of it, he's like, we wrote it, and I was so excited because Gambit's a fashionista. I was like, he wears, like, a brown trench coat and, like, a face covering thing with a leotard. I don't know. He wears the
0: same trash outfit every single day, and it's like... I don't think he's a fashionista, <laughs> Channing. I was
1: like, i reading his interview with this. I'm like, okay, so what I'm learning is that Channing Tatum wanted to play Gambit really bad and did as minimal research as possible as to who Gambit even is. This is not like Ryan Reynolds, who like was already actively a fan of Deadpool and was like, I'm going to be Deadpool like for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like Channing Tatum being cast like randomly by Simon Kinberg and then chenotain would be like this is my moment (laughs) like we're like no
0: and he was also like I got so bitter that I couldn't watch any superhero movies because I was mad that I wasn't Gambit for the rest of my life and it's like dude get over it I I did
1: pose out onto the Mutant Age's Twitter which is now taking like three days to fucking load for some reason um, I was like, who would you like to see play Gambit? Which is something I would love for our listeners to write in at the at gmail dot com since we're plugging anyway. Mm-hmm. But I did want to say that one person really said they wanted um the guy that played um morpheus in the new matrix movie
0: yaya abdul mateen yes the second
1: yes somebody said they would love to see gamut play that character yeah this is
0: like the year of yaya too like he was in Watchmen. he was like well that wasn't just this year but you know what i mean he's been in a lot of stuff lately the
1: point being is that this listener said that his turn as morpheus was playful and fun and i was like Mm -hmm. i actually think that would be hot as hell and make sense and be a lot of fun it would
0: be and also like it just we've seen him play like sort of sexy playful characters as as well and I feel like that could that could work yeah I, I mean this is sort of more of an old school answer but like we did talk about that actor who played him played Gambit in Wolverine Origins which is a piece of shit movie but the guy who played Gambit actually pretty good he was really good I wouldn't be mad if they brought him back but I that was also like 20 years ago or whatever so he probably doesn't well
1: I know but we also like watched it and we we're like this is the only good part about the entire movie yes. is Gambit just yeah. being like I don't know money me seems like your shit's kind of fucked up want to Play cards or a blowjob. I don't know.
0: That's <laughs> yeah, kind of his vibe. I liked it. Gambit's great. He's a fun character. He's a fun character. But yeah, write in. Tell us who you think should play Gambit at the mutantagers at gmail.com. Um, or you could go to mutantages.com and find a lot of other places that you can contact us and talk to us about Gambit and so many other things. Like we have an invite link to our Discord server where you can chat with other people. We've got a voicemail inbox at 1508. and we even have a p.o box which is p.o box 3344 natick massachusetts 01760 and we're on every form of social media obviously we're tweeting uh, things all the time at the mutant ages on twitter but we've also got instagram tiktok facebook pinterest tumblr what have i forgotten i guess youtube i i mean is, that's kind of
1: tiktok pinterest YouTube, you said uh, youtube is kind I, of social media all, but we're individually on there
0: we are i'm at Mitty myers how about you i'm
1: at i'm at <laughs> where who am i no i'm just kidding I,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm at, ryan Pagella I'm, on at long it. I'm
1: maddie on instagram no i am ryan Pajella on instagram and ryan wait no that's wrong it's ryan pagilla on twitter and ryan pagilla on instagram i was at a bachelor party last night my brain is tired Uh but you won't see this on my youtube channel but i do have a youtube channel where i go and do adventures in theme parks and the mutant ages has a youtube channel as well where we do all sorts of fun things like our monthly live stream where we read unproduced screenplays of Mm -hmm. the x-men movies and we have dazzler's Beta script up next to read, which will be a lot of fun. Yeah. We also do other things on there, like play X-Men video games that have been released over the years and do little mashups with our voices to the animations of the cartoons and you get to watch that or you get to watch maddie and i make our own skits or skits that we made when we were 18 still pretending to be the x-men because we've had one move in the past (laughs) 37 years and that is to be a mutant pretend to be
0: the x-men yeah that's us that's all we ever do right that's our youtube channel uh those are all wonderful things and there's also ways that you can support us and show your mutant pride out in the world um what are those? One of the ways <laughs> is to go to our store, get yourself a t shirt of Bishop jumping out of the bushes, telling the world that time travel is real. You can get it on a mug, you can get it on a mask, you can get it on a tote bag, and also the Mutant Ages logo on those things. Or you can go to patreoncom the Mutant Ages, become a recurring monthly member of the Mutant Ages uh, Patreon, and uh, get. Uh, bonus episodes or get downloads of the theme songs that i write for the show or like any number of other cool items and if you are one of our highest tier patreon supporters you get a shout out every week on the podcast
1: and those top tier supporters are samuel b so mean soren b and zach s thank you very much for supporting our show and also i slid right into our patreon to read those like from the moment i screamed oh shit <laughs> to like right now And I had to log out of my other Patreon Get into this and get there And by the time I got there Maddie was like And who are those people? I was like Right here baby <laughs>
0: Yeah people don't know how often I edit out the pause there Where Ryan is like
1: Wait <laughs> like forgets every week To open up the damn document Like I don't know Even why they forget
0: every single week And I'm always in the, the wrong same. Patreon Because I have a
1: different Patreon for the vlog And that's the one I'm always in I'm like shit <laughs> I don't like always I don't know Anyway We do appreciate your your contributions to this show. It's really great to be producing this every single week. I'm it not is. going to talk too much longer because this is a two hour episode of us crying over <laughs> politics. But next week we'll be back with some flirtatious gambit and us both wanting to fuck him. So, yes. you know, I'm ready Absolutely.
0: for that. Thank goodness. That'll be nice. That'll be a, a good little lime sorbet in between depressing episodes because then after that I think we have the the Danny Moonstar app ep- that will probably be pretty heavy again.
1: It is pretty heavy but at least Kitty fucks her in a cave.
0: Yeah, that'll I, I'm happy for them. Me too. I'm Me happy too. for them especially because Rogue is too depressed slash dating gambit from this point forward. So Kitty needs a new girlfriend.
1: I mean, Rose traumatized from killing her mom. So there's that going I know,
0: on. That's valid. That's valid. Um, anyway, we will see, see you, you next time. time. The